two main similarities between um, endurance skating and growth marketing in, in a way are first getting to learn that grinding things uh, through things is important. You will never have results that come out of nowhere. It's not just this suddenly a magic button. It's, you have to go through uh, the effort, sometimes the pain uh, that go with it. If you put enough into it, it's definitely worth at the end. Is your ASO holding your app back or worse, sabotaging your user acquisition campaigns? Hello and welcome to Mobile Heroes Uncensored. My name is John Goodseer. We're co-hosted, of course, as usual by Peggy and Saltz. And today we're chatting about ASO, App Store Optimization. Sometimes I think it should be Google Play Optimization. I mean, doesn't Google get anything here? No love for Android. ASO has felt a little bit stagnant over the past couple of years. Maybe we've been talking too much about SK ad network and privacy. I'm not sure, but there's some really cool new developments recently. Custom product pages, of course, which have been around for a couple months. There's also in-app events and no, that's not the kind that you use for your KPI reporting. Plus, as paid is getting tougher, there might be a procession going on. Anybody heard about that? Organic looks more and more appealing. Peggy, who are we chatting with about ASO? Indeed it does, John. And that's why we're talking about ASO. And we brought in Simon T.A. He is head of ASO at AppTweak, where he also leads an international team of ASO experts providing analysis and insights on advanced ASO for top apps across a variety of categories and countries. But before that, interestingly enough, he was into growth marketing in a big way because he was the growth marketing manager at the music app Deezer and a client of AppTweak at the time before joining AppTweak to work his way up the ranks. So I guess you could say seeing was believing. He joined. He's in there. Perhaps. <laughs> I'm also a customer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So he has, I wasn't, I was going to say he's been drinking the Kool-Aid. It's been real for him, a real deal. And he's also a speaker at mobile growth and industry conferences and webinars, as well as co-author of a pretty massive book, the Advanced ASO Book 2022. Interestingly enough, his career doesn't just start off with a crash course in growth marketing. He has a parallel career as well. Get this, John, inline skating, where he has hit some amazing milestones, including 535 kilometers in 24 hours. I won't mess with him. That's huge. <laughs> wow. Indeed. Impressed. Great to have you, Simon. We're already impressed. We could stop right here. Thank you for having me. I hope I can impress some more and maybe a bit more about marketing because those skating days, eh. They're not completely behind me, but that that milestone was 28. So <laughs> I want to get new ones. You'll have to be amazing, honestly, in this to, to, to beat that. I mean, that was a high. I mean, that many kilometers in 24 hours, that's amazing. Fortunately, there's great stuff to chat about. And I want to start here. Uh, we're going to get a bit into your personal story, where you've come from, what you've done as well. But I want to start with two big things in ASO. Uh, maybe let's start with custom product pages. How has that changed ASO? I will say, interestingly enough, depending on how you do it, not at all or completely. On paper, custom product pages are 
just regular store pages for us. So if it's about how to just design creatives, we have the same guidelines from Apple to respect the same uh, technique designs that you can explore. As a quick mention, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about Apple. You did say you wanted some love for Google Play. So I'll mention there's also custom store pages, uh, custom store listings, sorry, because in the end, uh, Apple and Google mostly fight about names and not really about features these days. But uh, the bottom line is, yeah, for ASO, it's not really changed how we're going to design creatives itself. What's really changing is more that it's bringing new opportunities to uh, to play nicer with the UA team. I think in the past, it's been a lot of let's, let's each stay in our rooms and hopefully when the CMO calls us, be nice to each other. But now it's a lot of being able to work together uh, again. And I think what to me changes, but I know is still very new for most people doing it. So is that it's a new way to bring out the user insights you get out of ASO. I think as a whole, a lot of people don't think ASO is uh, also supplying a lot of user research. And this is where I can uh, start promoting AppTweak, of course, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. That's really interesting. I mean, one of the things that custom product pages or custom product listings, I think you said, one of the things that's super interesting to me about that is that I can be very specific because I may have different kinds of users in my app. I may have different demographics or segments or whatever, and I can be super specific and I can also tailor my ads for exactly that custom product page. Uh, and, and, and that should be generally better. But I haven't ever heard of doing user research or getting user data from ASO. So let me give you an example then, because this is something I've actually done with one of our clients early enough when custom product pages were released. You could already use them with Apple search ads. Uh, We've gotten more ad networks to, to allow custom product pages now. But at the time, I think Iron Source and ASA were the only two. But one thing that we identified, we just went through their reviews and ratings, and we we spotted that in the positive reviews, people were mentioning how their free tier offered more options than the free tier of competitors. And that was a great way of building a custom page uh, that could then be used to target using ASA keywords of competitors, uh, especially if you were to look for a certain competitor and free suddenly there was an option of placing the ad and say, well, you know, this is not the one you expected, but for free in this one, you'll have this benefit. So another take on review mining. Yeah. Right? I think review mining has been part of uh, of ASO, at least in my opinion. I've, I've not waited for mm-hmm. someone to tell me that's ASO to, to go into that. And, <laughs> and it's always been great to come up with creative ideas because in the end, one of the best ways to know how to advertise your app and uh, in the store in particular is just to show what people already say about you. I like that, yeah. Peggy. I like that a lot. I, you know, I, 
I haven't thought a lot about reviews lately. Obviously, they're important for your ASO. Obviously, they're important for your ranking and everything like that. But review mining to get good insights about your users, super, super interesting. Maybe one more thing we'll hit here, Simon, before we get into your personal story is in-app events. And obviously, that's a confusing name because we've always thought in the mobile industry about in-app events like, oh, somebody subscribed or somebody bought or somebody finished a level or something like that. But this is very different and it's actually a super interesting way of of doing user acquisition, correct? To some extent, I, I will say it's it's much more familiar to everyone in gaming if we call it by the Google name, which is Live Ops. Um, yes. And what both Apple and Google do is just allow you to promote any Live Op you already have in your app on the store. Um, and so here, I, I think that what's really interesting is just that on on the gaming side it's not changed a whole lot because people were already doing it. It's just been an additional opportunity for visibility. So it's always good to take. It's extremely cheap to do. So even if you don't get a whole lot out of it every single time, I would still encourage people to do it. And on the app side where people were less used to doing that, um, more have started thinking about gamification or, or other ways to promote content and to activate more seasonal content uh, as a result and that's a great way to learn about engagement so i think there's been mostly an impact on the app side for smaller developers who were not really very active in engagement before and so i i do have one slide with some stats to show which categories are active what kind of events they select so we can go over that as well i'm gonna look forward to that i mean that's later on but um that's just the thing getting your head around what an in-app event looks like for apps that aren't games. So it's going to be a challenge. It's going to require mm -hmm. some out-of-the-box thinking. But um, I do want to get to your personal story because whatever you're doing in your job, it always comes from someplace else. And my cat is <laughs> attention. <laughs> And the cat, cat makes an appearance on Mobile Absolutely. Heroes Uncensored. One of this is just another type of uncensored <laughs> moment. <laughs> cat wants attention. We want to give our attention to you, Simon, not to the cat. Although probably we kind of want to see, the, see cat, the cat. Honestly, I mean, where is the cat? <laughs> the cat is now going to spite me. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, social media moment. Getting back to you, Simon. So. Thinking about what you've done, you know, you're a sponsored athlete. That is pretty cool. And we've had a few guests like you. Remember, John, we had Amy, CEO, Mattel 163, and they draw from their excellence in sports. We had Annika ages ago. You know, how do you draw from sports to excel in business? How do you do it? You've got a personal story. Tell us about it. Well, to be honest, I'd say that First and foremost, it's just a question of personal balance. I'm sure everyone who, who strives for professional excellence also needs uh, an outlet and sports just happen to, to be mine. And yeah, I think especially when you work in growth, it's extremely exciting, but also a bit overwhelming at times. There's always something happening. You need to keep up with everything. And so whatever your outlet is, I think that sports, for instance, are a great way to, to stay both physically and mentally healthy. So that's kind of where it started for me. And mm -hmm. then the drive to go for competitiveness, I guess it's just um, one part of my personality. And in here, I'll say the two main similarities between um, 
and urine skating and gross marketing in, in a way are first getting to learn that grinding things uh, through things is important. You will never have results that come out of nowhere. It's not just as suddenly a magic button. It, you have to go through the effort, sometimes the pain that go with it. Uh, but if you put enough into it, it's definitely worth at the end. Um, and the second fact I think is also an appreciation for the people around you. And, and that's something that's super specific to endurance sports. Um, the person I admire most in a way in, in my discipline and who's one of the persons I, um, I followed into the discipline always told me that in endurance, um, alone, you go faster, but together you go further. And when I look at how in gross marketing, we have great communities that are not afraid to share ideas and to challenge each other, to push the discipline further. I think there's a similarity here that's always extremely to be appreciated to the fullest because you don't get that in all industries. I really wow. love that. That's very, that's, that's great. That is really it. I mean, when you think about it, when you go to these events, you see it, Sean. I mean, this is a, this is a tribe because you can't learn it anywhere else. You have to learn it from each other. And they learn it, of course, from our show for that matter. There's no mobile marketing school. I mean, come on. There's no university of mobile advertising. No, what the heck? It. What's going on here? We have it. That's why that's, that's what it is. It's here. And you were talking about how you have to keep up on things, you know, it's constant. And that's the same thing with trends. I'd like to understand at AppTweak a little bit more about the company, but also the trends you're seeing. You see a lot of things going on and you also capture that or even report on that. Share some of that for us. So about the company quickly, AppTweak is an app store acquisition tool composed of four main parts. I would say it is ASO intelligence. It's been the core historic component of the company since the beginning, and it still has great innovations today, uh, but also ad intelligence was featured around ASA and more, as well as app and market intelligence for high level marketers. And concretely, what I really love at AppTweak is that uh, there's a combination of a very user-centric approach. Uh, as you mentioned, I actually started as a client of AppTweak and I was convinced enough to think the company was uh, worth a shot uh, for my career. And I've been extremely happy uh, since I've joined. And the other part is the importance of data. So uh, when we're going to look at trends, for instance, AppTweak basically works as the biggest store intelligence tool you can find. We try to track everything that goes on in the App Store and in the Play Store. Uh, we do not play favorites between the two. And you can find information that's very simple at first. What are the apps uh, that are available in each country? What are the keywords they target? What are the creatives they have, reviews and ratings, etc. But then there's a layer of data science. Uh, actually, there's multiple layers of data science. And one very exciting one that was released recently has been a system we call Atlas, which basically aims to reverse engineer each store. And what we can do with it is basically scan through all the stores, all the keywords that are available and start comparing apps and comparing keywords. So one thing we've been able to do, for instance, was compute a relevancy score for each keyword relative to an app and find some uh, interesting outliers such as 
the fact that if I ask you what's the difference between the word run and the word running is, I'm pretty sure you'll tell me it's just a grammatical difference and there's not much behind it. But when we look at how a store algorithm understands each word, and that means each string of letters in the end, what we find is that run in the mind of a store is associated to games, to games like Subway Surfers, Temple Run, etc. Whereas running is associated to the activity and therefore to the apps that support uh, outdoor running usually. So Strava, mm-hmm. Run Tracker, and so on will be the big difference. So that's kind of just one scratch that we can uh, get out of it. We can also look at uh, how to how to better classify apps. I think that if you still look at the app categories that are available in the store, you can easily spot how they're way too broad these days. So if you want a quick trivia, uh, how many different types of apps do you think are in the lifestyle category on the app store today? I just looked Mm. at the top 10 before before the recording, (laughs) so I got a quick trivia for you guys. I think Simon's putting us on the yeah. spot here. This is really, really tough. I have seen it before that there are wildly different apps in what's supposedly called lifestyle. It's only the top 10. So how diverse do you think the top 10 is? I would say very, but I don't know. I, I, I need the data. <laughs> so the answer is actually five. Uh, as of today in the US, I'm sure it, it will change at some point. <laughs> You, you'll have social networks, you'll have dating, smart homes, real estate, and even things about, for instance, coupons and promotions. So okay. this one is a particular case. I'm sure if we look at different categories, it's not always going to be as crazy, but it just shows you how if you if you play by the App Store rules or rather the public rules, um, you will have way too much diversity to make a whole lot of sense of what goes on in the store. And that's where we try to instead have our own classifications by reverse engineering how algorithms rank apps and then look at how we can find better trends, uh, which could be about how do they do creatives? What's the average rating to be in the top of the category? How often are you being featured and so on? I can see how that's important. Mm -hmm. You remember, Peggy, it's years ago now, Twitter moved out of social networking and I believe into news or something like that, right? And they, in social networking, they were always like fifth or fourth or seventh or something like that. Facebook was ahead or, you know, maybe Snap got ahead if Snap was around at the time or others were ahead, but in their new category, they could lead, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. So I will raise you on that because... I think part of the move was at the time, especially it was extremely marketable on LinkedIn to claim you were number one in your category. And that was a great way for them to to just claim the number one spot. Honestly, I think it's a vanity metric. <laughs> but what's more interesting when you look at that is you can see how certain apps are not in the are not really in the category they claim to be in. And one of my favorite examples is YouTube. If you, if you look at YouTube, they still categorize as photo and video could make sense. But when we look at what are all the apps that rank on the same keywords and, and all of that, we find that they're in an entertainment video and it makes sense because that's where Netflix is. That's where 
Disney, yeah. uh, HBO, yeah. etc. And that's the same kind of consumption that you get out of it. That is really cool stuff, Peggy. It's kind of laying bare the bones, the substructure beneath the App Store and the Play Store. Now, Simon, you have some data for us um, and you've got some slides. So there we go. Uh, so for the brain behind Atlas, a couple of cool numbers is just AppTweak tracks 6 million apps, over 20 million keywords. Uh, and that's across 66, country, 66 countries, 20 languages in both major stores. And, and that leads to cool representations of like what you see here, which would be a subset of keywords. Each color is one app. These are just a few apps and all the keywords they rank for. And so we can see how close or distant each app is to the other. It's like the galaxy of apps. Yeah. Interesting. And just think huh. that in here, I think we have 12 apps in here only. So once we add the rest of the 6 million, it, it looks absolutely crazy. I think we, we, we can definitely <laughs> break some data visualization tool, uh, but it's extremely interesting to just dive into these clouds and, and try to find the insights. So here there's the example uh, of how we use it for the relevancy score. So I've already explained how, um, it, when we look at run and running, suddenly an app like Strava will perform very differently on both words. And so for running, it ranks number three organically. It's extremely relevant to, to target the keyword running. But if you look for run, it's not in the top four. It's actually not even in the top 50. So that's one application we have. Another would be when trying to break down the uh, category in what we call at AppTweak app DNA. So this is the example I gave you with the top 10. And one thing that we currently do at the category level and that we are going to bring to these app DNAs soon is going to be benchmarks in metadata practices. So it will be helpful to measure how active people are around using in-app events, how many of your competitors actually use a video in the app store and, and many other things. So that is expanding our mind in all directions. I couldn't resist it as a segue because ASO is expanding in all directions. He loves my jokes. Now, you literally. <laughs> <laughs> Love is not quite the word, but go ahead. I got go that ahead. through really quickly, John. Uh, but you literally wrote the book on ASO with feature right before all the Apple changes. Now Google. So that is a task. So what has been the most frustrating thing about ASO, what is it right now? We know what it was with the book. What is it right now? Well, actually the book should tell you what it is right now because we sort of wrote it and wrote it again because we, we caught Apple and Google announcing their new features as we were getting ready to release it. So we went in six more months to, to write about that as well. <laughs> but I, I think what ASO is, is actually what you want to make it to be, it's the catalyst, the accelerator for your marketing strategy, your growth strategy overall. So there's no one answer for this. And it's more about also the most frustrating thing about ASO, which is that there's still people who expect it to be a silver bullet made out of keywords, and it would be just so easy if it was the case. But we're progressively <laughs> getting everyone on board with the fact that it's much more than that, and that not everyone should expect keywords to be 
the one answer for them, but there's always one way to, to make basically ASO sort of the fuel to your rocket. So if you're going to prioritize paid UA, custom product pages, custom store listings, they're going to be great to help you do that. The uh, user insights as well, as we mentioned. If you're going to go for referrals, there's also great ways to empower that. I still have a pet peeve with Apple app clips. Almost no one uses them, but I'm still convinced there's mm -hmm. value if you invest in that uh, and so on. So there's really a lot in ASO. And uh, yeah, I think in the end, it's all about saying it's part of growth. It's a subset of growth and you should have different perspectives on it. Let's end here with two quick questions. First off, uh, briefly, what change do you see happening in ASO on the horizon, perhaps coming into 2023? What's the biggest thing that you think will impact the world of ASO? I think it's the outside world. It's the fact that the economy is not looking the, the best it's ever looked. Um, and so how it's going to impact marketing in ASO as a result is mostly people trying a lot of different things. And I think usually it's a good thing, but there's also a need for some focus. And so what will be important in 2023 is to make sure you, you hit the right focus and you don't vary in direction every other month. <laughs> yeah. In other words, you're saying it's a little bit like SEO. It's not something you can just do, boom, see the results of and tweak every, uh, you got to keep going with it. You got to keep chugging. Okay. Finally, question we ask every guest, what is your least censored opinion about mobile marketing or maybe ASO? Well, I hope I don't get in trouble for this one. And uh, I think, I think it's okay to say, cause Everyone knows it anyway. It's just that we need a better balance of powers between Apple and Google and the app developers. To be specific, I do think that people often don't give enough credit to Apple and Google for some of the services that are part of their stores and the 30 person commission that everyone loves to complain about. Um, but on the other hand, there is also the fact that there's a lot of opacity around some of the policies and uh, a lack of recourse against some of the things that are being made. And so in here, I know some talks happen behind the scenes. That's obviously a good thing. And I just wish that these were topics that were easier to, to bring out to the open. Mm. Totally understandable, sometimes opaque decisions and sometimes people just left with no recourse, but to go public. And if they have a big um, platform, then maybe something happens. And if they don't, then maybe nothing does. Simon, thank you so much for this time. It has been fascinating and interesting. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all listeners. We really do appreciate you. Hope you're enjoying it. Let us know on social if you are. And let us know if you want to come and We'll have you on the show. If you're a mobile hero or you know of someone who is, then fill out the interest form over at shorturl.at forward slash JKSKT. Also, Liftoff has a Slack for mobile heroes and people in the mobile ecosystem. There's a link on the screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's at info.liftoff.io slash slack dash sign up. It's pretty cool. There's smart people there, and you know what? They probably need you, too.
and you have probably been completely blown away by all the insights on this show and you want your transcript and you can have it because the transcripts are over at Liftoff's website. Go to liftoff.io, click on Heroes and then click on Podcast. I actually personally love transcripts because I read way faster than people talk. So that's a great way to get insights really, really quickly. Until next time, this is John Kutz here. Thank you so much for joining. And this is Peggy Ann Saltz signing off for Mobile Heroes Uncensored. <laughs>